I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, It is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forests of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasures of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great, and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expended in doing it, And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Welcome back to my Bible study podcast. I'm Brian, and today we're talking about indulgences and vanity and the fleeting joy of pleasures under the sun. We're working through a concurrent study of the books of Ecclesiastes and Philippians, and we're seeking to answer questions related to our identity and the meaning of life. What's the meaning of all of the things that we do under the sun? Where should we look to for our identity, and who can we trust to provide lasting joy? We're in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's located toward the middle of the Old Testament among a handful of books that are collectively known as wisdom literature. King Solomon of Israel is traditionally attributed as the author of this book. In the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon aims to point us toward God as the only source of true wisdom and joy. And he does this by revealing to us all of the worldly things that fall short. These things that seem real and attainable and fulfilling, but they're just vapor or mist or vanity or meaningless. This concept is covered by one Hebrew word, hevel which is used over 30 times in the book. So Solomon is one of the wisest and wealthiest people that we find in the Bible. And we're going to get reminded of that in this passage. He still has the wisdom that he sought out in chapter 1, but now he also indulges in every worldly pleasure that he can think of. Spoiler alert, he finds that all of those pleasures offer only fleeting enjoyment. That wisdom, wealth, and pleasure combine to offer short-term gain if they are what you build your identity in. He concludes this passage that all was vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. So I pray that this episode will remind us of something that we already inherently know, that money and knowledge and stuff can't offer us what we truly seek. We find that we're always hungry for more than we can attain in this world because we were never meant to be fulfilled by the things of this world. We seek a joy and a peace and a fulfillment that can only be filled by God.
I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with pleasure, enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vanity. I said of laughter, It is mad and of pleasure. What use is it? Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So here we're reminded again that this book is the result of the author's testing to see what can provide fulfillment. Here Solomon turns to pleasures to see what might provide lasting joy and what might be a good place for identity. As the passage continues, we see a list of things that Solomon is going to take for a test drive. The list includes laughter, wine, houses, vineyards, gardens, parks, pools, forests, slaves, herds, flocks, silver, gold, singers, servants, wives, concubines. So jokes and ownership and material comforts and sex and money are all tested out by Solomon. He's trying to find happiness and joy in worldly things. Zach Eswine says that under the sun we scavenge or hunt for happy things. And Solomon concludes that all of these things, they're all vanity. It's all hevel, something that looks like it might fill us up, but is really just a mist, a wind that cannot be caught or fill us. I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the days of their life. Ecclesiastes 2.3 So this verse links back to the end of chapter 1, where Solomon had sought out and gained wisdom. Here we're reminded that Solomon is still being guided in his pursuit of pleasure by that wisdom. Thomas Schreiner says that this was a pursuit of the joys of the flesh, guided by discretion and informed understanding. Like Solomon wasn't just mindlessly buying anything and everything hoping to fill himself with. He was still applying wisdom to guide the areas where we most often are tempted to fall. I mean er those areas like money, sex, possessions, laughter. He's covering all the areas that we often go for to escape the problems of this world. So there's this C.S. Lewis quote that I love. It really gets to the heart of all of how we kind of look to be satisfied by simple things. And that by doing that, we're actually settling for less joy and less satisfaction than we're meant to. Lewis says, We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So there's a lot going on in this quote. I'll read it again. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. So Lewis concludes, we are far too easily pleased. Zach Eswine concludes that even though there are these pleasures in the world that are ours for use, they cannot satisfy what only God can. So look, finding our identity in Christ is knowing that only God can satisfy us, but also knowing that the satisfaction and joy that God offers is so much greater than what we sometimes compromise on. (music) 
I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for you, my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Ecclesiastes 2, 4-10 through 10. So after chapter 1, when Solomon seeks to find meaning in life through wisdom, Barak says that Solomon turns to another potential means for defeating depression and death, unfettered pleasure. So we see this all the time, right? People, ourselves included, seek to find pleasure in things. Maybe it's spending sprees and Amazon Prime binges. Maybe it's people seeking their humanity through sex. Maybe it's people trying to be the smartest in the room. Maybe it's people trying to gain popularity through parties. Or maybe it's people that want to focus and will only talk about their own personal hobbies. We can read the words of Solomon in this passage and say, of course Solomon will find that hundreds of servants and concubines aren't going to provide him with the meaning of life. Of course, throwing bigger and bigger parties won't fulfill him. Of course, wine and laughter and possessions and forest might provide a little joy, but it's joy that's never going to last. Like, of course we can think that. And it's easy to look at Solomon's life and say, of course those things show an identity problem. But we've all been caught in that web before. A lot of us struggle with that pool every day. Like, this kind of comes back to being about people who are seeking to escape from life. Like, maybe... They're struggling with something in life. Maybe they're struggling with an identity problem. But people try to escape that through pleasures that they seek. I mean, let's go back to the C.S. Lewis quote about being far too easily pleased. Read the list of things that Solomon tried in Ecclesiastes 2 and compare that scene to the scene of the New Jerusalem that's described in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. There's no comparison. But in humanity's yearning to get back to the garden, to get back into the presence of God, and to get back to that Genesis 1-2 type relationship, we far too often settle for a cheap knockoff. Another good image would be the image in major cities of all those vendors who are selling knockoff Rolex watches or Prada bags. They might have been cheaper and you know meet some basic short-term need, but you know it's fake. It's not the real deal. We do the same thing in our lives. We seek out counterfeit joy because it seems cheaper and easier to get. And then we're disappointed when we realize that it's not the real thing. All of humanity feels this longing for eternal joy. Our identity just determines where we look to find that source of joy. Is it in this laundry list of counterfeit joy knockoffs? Or is it in the real thing? Is it in Jesus? Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Ecclesiastes 2.11 
so it's also easy to see how the root of all of this is an identity problem. When we are struggling to find joy and contentment in Christ, we often find ourselves straying to find joy and pleasure in other places. And then we kind of look back and realize, okay, we got some joy, but how much work, how much toil did we expend for that fleeting joy? Barak writes that true joy cannot originate with man himself. That's the bottom line after all Solomon's searching, testing, and consideration. Say, and this is where we're going to find out next episode from Paul, that the secret to everything is knowing that as a Christian, you don't need to look for your identity in those other things. You can rest, I can rest, in contentment in Jesus. So the meaning of my life, like for me as a believer, it becomes to advance the gospel and to glorify God in everything that I do. I don't need to throw the best parties or have the best garden or the nicest car or the biggest house. I can be content with where God has me. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the English Standard Version, ESV Bible Translation, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. Next episode, we'll be back in the book of Philippians, covering Paul's imprisonment, his contentment, and the advancement of the gospel. Specifically, we'll be reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Until next time, I love y'all.